0: What's up, Fight Fan? You are listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. It is Sunday, May 2nd, 2021, and this week's episode, The Rise of the Samurai Prohashka, we'll obviously be talking about last night's light heavyweight main event between Dominic Reyes and Jiri Prohashka. We'll also be talking about the latest in MMA news, the cancellations, and, of course, the Diego Sanchez saga. And we'll close it out by looking forward to this coming weekend's main events. The still unofficial, but we're going to roll with it, between Michelle Watterson and Marina Rodriguez in the UFC. And, of course, Bellator 258 and the Bantamweight Championship between Juan Archuleta and Sergio Perez. My name is Gabriel Gonzalez, and I'm here with my co-host Natalie Zamudio.
1: Hello, Double G. Guess what? I'm glad that last week I wrote down our picks for yesterday's fight, so now I have it right here in front of me.
0: You mean how we both got it wrong?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah. Did we not nail it or what?
0: (laughs) You know, so I want to get into that. I, I got to say, um, when I watched his highlights and when I watched the fight back with Volkan Demir, because obviously that one was the most recent and they obviously promoted it, you know, on YouTube leading up to the fight, I severely underestimated the physicality of Jiri. Uh, and that's not to say that was the only factor. But when I looked at the stats, I did not realize that although Reyes was taller, Jiri actually... I think, had a longer reach on him, which I think is significant. And um, uh, I'll say now, I severely underestimated his strength and toughness. He took some good shots, and he really just... um, The impact on his shots, and we could talk a little bit about that, but uh, yeah, we we definitely got it wrong. Um, I will say this. I think that a lot of the insiders... And, and, you know, look, we can't get them all right, but when I saw a lot of the... um, like the ESPN preview show, they were all picking Jiri, and I was like, dude, like, have we forgotten? Like, what happened to Dominic Reyes that right. I'm missing? Um, And you know what? I think that was a testament. I think that when you see his physical gifts, and that's the thing I said. Dominic, at the end of the day, still taller. I thought more explosive and faster. A pretty strong guy himself. I just felt like Jiri... And the shots he takes in his style wasn't going to be able to keep up with that. Clearly the opposite was true. Not only was he the stronger guy with the more impactful shots. He he really, um you know, it was Reyes who really couldn't take the damage from him. Uh, yeah, you know what? That would, I mean, first round, Jiri just gets in his face. They trade some blows, but at the end of the day, Jiri would, did more damage. Second round... I really admire Reyes' toughness. He wasn't there to just roll over in adversity, but um, just the pressure from Jiri, and I think really the damage from that nose. I mean, he, he won't make excuses for it, but you know that broken nose, like very early on, long fight ahead of him, I felt like it was having an effect on Reyes personally, and I think that's where he really started to uh, be more susceptible. And then uh, what can you say about that finish, Natalie? I'll toss it to you because that one, after last week, that was pretty brutal what we
1: saw. It was extremely brutal. The elbow, you know, it was like the second attempt, the first attempt missed. But then he it was like a straightforward elbow and then the spinning upward elbow, it, it sent Dominic Reyes' head, um, jerked it backwards and he pat, he went unconscious and then fell. And his head almost got, like, tucked underneath his shoulder. So when he hit the canvas, the weight of his body popped his head back out. So it was like an extra violent dose of uh, of Mr. Jerry on, on top of that at the end. When I saw Jerry walking out, uh, um, you know, his walkout, and I saw his hair and the look in his eyes, I thought, oh, you know, we might have picked wrong. <laughs> Uh, so you came to that realization earlier. It took me a while. Um, and the way he fights, it's almost like it's it's wild. It's it's crazy in a in a respectful way, right? It's, he's obviously trained, skilled martial artist, but there's a, a real like um, uh, animal like of the wild uh, feeling to it, and it's so unpredictable. And his power, his speed. And the unpredictability—it's just how do you how do you train for that? Dominic Reyes fights right down the middle, uh, you know his style, kick punch, uh, everything looks nice, long arms, and he did his his best and he dug as deep as he could. But as you point out, the nose was obliterated, and that second round, like his heart. Was willing, but the brain was like, "No, no, well, we need to stop here because if you keep going, it's just going to get worse." So the knockout was brutal, but Dominic Reyes wasn't going to quit on his own, and Jerry was also not going to quit. So some something had to give, and it was Dominic Reyes's consciousness. Um, super impressive fight. I mean, I was blown away. It's like if I saw that man walking down the street, I would, you know cross to the other side because it just he just looks like not like um like like a like am trying to think of a wild animal comparison not a gorilla who's like obviously big and strong and scary he's a different style i think maybe like a hyena or something something that looks like oh it could be a nice dog but actually no it's a scary wild animal too so he's a very interesting addition to the ufc i'm excited to see what happens here you know supposedly he's got a you know, he's in line for the title shot. We'll see if that ha- comes to pass. But very, very, very exciting uh, addition to 205, especially with John Jones out of the picture.
0: I mean, I want to reiterate it. Uh, he was coming from a great run in Ryzen. Uh, I'd have to look it up, and I'll, I'll be honest. That's me just not knowing their roster and, you know, focusing too much on them. But I don't know if he was their champion. I'd know he was on, like, a nine-fight finishing streak, carried that over knocked out Uzdemir um uh, I know it. He, he's lost since then but before his win streak he had a win over current Bellator champion Vadim Nemkov who's on a great run obviously and is a solid talent so uh you know uh, his resume really was a lot of guys if i'm being you know respectfully not exactly in their heyday and he wasn't exactly you know taking on people who were world beaters when they were in the big leagues in the ufc right so um yeah i think all of that you know saturday was just a testament to the fact that like look he had the talent he just wasn't taking on the level of opposition in japan and mind you sometimes that's all guys need and you know, we heard about it. I guess they had tried to recruit him, but he said, no, I want to get to the UFC, you know, after a bit when I feel I'm ready. And clearly that's paid off very well for him. Um, In terms of, the, first off, uh, that is a rightful knockout of the year candidate. Uh, He masvidal Reyes and mm-hmm. just the violence level was pretty high. So, uh, you know, you check off all the boxes. In terms of what's next, and I heard that in a title shot, I'll be honest, I was shocked. I did not expect Dana White to say, yeah, it'll be the reyes Prohashka winner. Only because Alexander Rakic is coming off of wins over Anthony Smith, Thiago Santos. Um, I guess the only thing I would say, you know, not in favor of Rakic is especially the Santos win very it was just uneventful very uh very slow um dare I use the b word when you think mm. about what we got for the last two weeks a little boring but the fact is he'd been on a great run so um uh, I personally thought that this would set up the winner to fight rocket. I can definitely understand the UFC's point of view like look you know no offense but who's out here ...going crazy and making great TV. I completely get that. Because remember, even though Rokic dominated Smith... ...it was also a very uh, technical fight. Didn't have a finish there. Is he getting a little bit of the short end of the stick? Yeah. Um. But I also will say... ...when I look at, for example, Jan Blahović, ...and how many shots uh, Prohoshka took... ...I don't see him being able to pull off those moves and taking hits from the Polish power you get what I mean so I don't know uh, he's still got a steep hill to climb to win the he- the title but for sure I think it's going to be great television if that is what happens next and he fights the winner of Glover and Jan
1: yeah I mean that's a that's a quick one a quick a quick path to the uh to the title shot but the fact that that um, Dana White was Like, okay, it makes me think, though, that they pretty much thought Jiri was going to win because would they really want to rebook Dominic Reyes' yawn, assuming yawn, you know, held on to it? Um, I mean, I guess you have to do something, but that makes me think more like they had all their eggs in the Jiri Prochaska basket and figured he'd win, and they know he'd make for exciting um, television. So it kind of worked out the way I'm figuring. They figured, if you get my drift.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I think that they would have uh, called an audible, you know, mm-hmm. had Reyes won. But, um, you know, uh, it's a weird thing. You know, we're talking about, oh, it's like a breath of fresh air, light like heavyweight. It's a, you know, now it's open. And it's like, well, y- you're talking about a really interesting division. Because when you talk about like Jan and Glover, it's like, okay, Glover's fought so many of these guys already, right? And then when you look at Blahovic, it's like, okay, if he beats Glover, you really only have two new guys in Rakich and Giri. And everyone else, you know, kind of has already had their turn in Smith, you know, recently, and then in, um, uh, who, I'm blanking out on somebody, uh, Smith, uh, Tiago Santos. And so it, it becomes quite an interesting division is that Those established veterans are almost out of title contention, and so you don't necessarily have these big, big names out there, these big, like, oh, this is the elite of the elite at light heavyweight. You really have a lot of new faces looking to break into it, so I think that that makes for an interesting situation at 205, but, um... That's just the way the fights have played out, and I think that that just says what we're going to see going forward, um, especially if Jan manages to hold off uh, Glover is like, well, you're going to be fighting some guys that aren't exactly the biggest names for your next title defense. Um, I mean, uh, anything else to add? Uh, there was some good stuff. Uh, Giga Chikatsi, Oof, that body oh, kick to boy, Cup Swanson yeah. was brutal um marab obviously that was a fun fight people were excited to see him back he's got that one two punch with uh his teammate aljo there was the ronda marcos up kick that one made the round so did the... you
1: think that was uh the she that that uh parade was the pineda pineda was flopping or did you believe that she was really injured
0: you know what um the initial seconds when she kind of did that slow motion fall to the canvas i I thought it's like you're selling it you're trying to get your air that was a you were winning the fight i think uh, you know i thought she was trying to pull like a veteran move when i saw her eyes that's when i was like nah this girl's actually out wow (laughs) um and you know what Uh, the human body is a weird thing sometimes, right? I mean, delayed reaction and all that. It was, uh, but yeah, when I saw her eyes, I was like, yeah, that person's not faking. And so it didn't, it looked like she kind of ate it and was trying to sell it for maybe the clock or whatever, but her, those eyes didn't lie, if I'm being honest. What about yeah. you?
1: Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I was with the commentators where they initially thought she was, she was putting on a good show, like, uh, i can't remember his name but the gentleman from triller that fought regis progress
0: oh yeah
1: like um
0: red catch there it is yeah
1: yeah there you go uh i thought she was because of that that pause there's a moment where it looks like she decides to throw her body back after she gets a kick like she stops upright and then keeps going i mean look it just doesn't make sense to fake it i wasn't convinced um even though i i know what you're talking about with the look in the eyes I wasn't convinced, but it makes zero sense to fake it when she was in the lead. So it's got to be that she was definitely, you know, actually hurt. And so so that stinks. Sucks for both fighters, especially the one who got the blow. Um, but come on, Randa Marcos, like, she's been around long enough, and I guess she just got carried away. But, like, it wasn't even one of those situations where it was in transition or anything. She just straight up kicked her in the face, and, and that was it. So...
0: Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, that was uh, 0 and 4 now for Marcos. Um, it just uh, it just has not gone her way the last few. Yeah, going back to her fight with Amanda Hubas last year, it's just been a tough one. So you don't know. Um, I feel like they might run it back, but you know, it was just a tough way for that one to end because that was a fun one and. Um, yeah just uh her opponent was doing really well and i was uh, i was like hey you know this girl's out there showing that she's ready to hang with the fighters and the veterans of the ufc so uh real quick before we move on uh the Jan kudalaba dustin Jacoby weigh in like after what we had with jeremy stevens and drakar close i was actually shocked that that didn't make more headlines like from dana like I really thought we were going to hear him come out because I saw that and I was like, oh my gosh, imagine if we lose another one. That would just be, what did you think of that?
1: It was funny uh, um, because of what he said. What, uh, what did he say? You're my bonus oh or my something
0: God. like that? Yeah, he he was, uh, my, this dude, uh, I get it. Like, you're not John Jones, you're trying to, get some attention make some money I, I i get it but remember with the magomed Ankalaev, where you just yeah. walk through him, and you know all this stuff is like bruh you just Can because you just he's open
1: fight one time he's a fun
0: <laughs> fighter too yeah. he's fun to watch that was a good fight but man this is the fight
1: guy right though you guy who used to paint himself green
0: yes yeah yes
1: so, so he needs to just take a step back and just show up to fight and that's
0: it <laughs> yeah so i don't know he's got he's got work to do if i'm being honest but um yeah i mean good win that was a good fight but uh, very interesting uh saturday night in combat sports by the way andy ruiz like i'm not gonna lie i, I tuned into fox they had a great undercard leading up to his fight um that was some interesting stuff and I bring that up because we're in for a very balanced breakfast this week. Um, but before we get into that, uh, Natalie, you've probably seen it, read it, reread it, probably watched some clips. Diego Sanchez cut from the UFC. Uh, I think this happened Friday morning, if not Thursday night. And so, the long story short, he was coming up for his fight with Cowboy Cerrone next Saturday, May eighth. Diego, through his team, apparently requested the history of medicals from the UFC for his entire UFC career. Going back to 06, the ultimate fighter. UFC countered through, you know, the powers that be, Hunter Campbell, who's kind of like the number two. I understand him as the number two decision maker outside of Sean Shelby and Dana White.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Through Hunter Campbell said, Diego, can you answer us, do you feel compromised either physically or mentally you know, going into this fight? And I guess through, once again, not through the people, but essentially their answer was well, we can't answer that because Diego can't answer that because he's not a professional. And so they just made the decision, we're going to cut you and we're going to cancel the fight. And of course then, you know, in the aftermath now, we understand Diego posted the videos of joshua fabia um you know admonishing the fight island last year's broadcast crew and then there was the phone call where they had this talk with hunter and it just became for an ugly look um i felt i mean we're gonna get into it right now but i'm gonna ask just your reaction you see all this information you see this turn of events what were what was your reaction
1: It's so bizarre my first my first I think the first video I saw was um I just saw a clip believe me I wanted to watch more but it's just sometimes uh sitting in front of a screen and just watching a crazy person go not not talking about Diego Sanchez but I'm someone acting crazy I'm talking about his coach uh Fabia behaving in in a in a crazy manner let's put it that way um I can only like tolerate so much of it so the first clip I saw was I don't know who was filming But it was uh, the one with the. the I believe it was Stefan Bonner. Oh, he was filming it.
0: Remember, he was in uh, Diego's Corner last year? Wow. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead, continue.
1: That's bizarre. That's even more bizarre. Right? So I saw that one where Megan O'Levy's like, you know, you're the ones filming this. And it was just this back and forth. Paul Felger looks like he wants to, you know, slink out of the room, doesn't want to be there. Uh, This contentious, really awkward confrontation. Then I listened to the phone call, a little bit of the phone call with Hunter Campbell about the medical records and all that, and it's just so strange. It kind of feels like, which I suppose is the, the argument Sanchez and Fabio are making, it's a really, really big, messy misunderstanding, but when you're the UFC and you're probably tired of dealing with the, um, with Fabia, right, you're going to respect Diego Sanchez and you'll give him a long leash, but not not his coach who's a newcomer when you're probably tired of dealing with him and he's probably irritated everybody on every level at the UFC, including now the commentary team, and you have a viable reason to release him, you know, that protects you as an institution, you're going to go ahead and just pull the trigger and do that. And it makes sense. Like if It's like one of those where, like, even if you have 1% bit of doubt that, that Diego Sanchez is unwell or, you know, doubt that he's well, because he's suddenly asking for this history of medical records, like, that's fair to say, like, we're not going to take a chance with your health and with your life and let you fight again. But probably behind the scenes more, it's like, we don't want to deal with this anymore. And we don't want to, like, you know, um, create an opportunity for some kind of lawsuit or something. Uh, from a medical perspective, right? From a health perspective. So, we're just going to say right now, up front, to everybody, we're doing this in the interest of Diego Sanchez's health. It's for him. We want him to be safe and healthy. So, you're out of the UFC. But really, it's for the UFC, right? So that they don't have to deal with anything later after he fights. Um, but it's all very bizarre. I think my bottom line here is Diego Sanchez should separate from this, this uh, individual, Fabia. It's clearly a terrible influence. He's being manipulated. He is not the same person he used to be, and it's not uh it's just hard to watch and hard to listen to and hard to see you know unfold before our eyes here so um what's your perspective on this i, I you've probably watched all of the complete videos did you get through them How did you handle this
0: uh, I kind of skipped through a lot of the um Until they got to the confrontation with Fabia and the production team, I didn't watch the early stuff. I actually didn't listen to the call. I kind of read through it. Um, I'm with you there. I think Rashad Evans also called it and said, Diego, UFC loves you, but they saw that your guy was going to try to pull a lawsuit kind of thing, read your medicals, and they were never going to put themselves in a position where you could flip that. Or, you know, Diego's team could flip that through Fabia. Uh, You know, um, uh, I'll say it, and I I once, you know, devil's advocate, we don't know their relationship. We don't know. I mean, Diego's always been, you know, walk to the beat of his own drum, right? That's, we've known that since Ultimate Fighter. But to me, um, you know, uh, watching that entire thing play out is like, you know, Fabia, like, uh, uh, you, you It is not your call to tell people what they should or shouldn't say on television. You know, I I think that's on Diego. And I thought that, uh, you know, clearly they were recording it. They were aware that they were being recorded. And Fabia's kind of trying to get on his soapbox. And yeah, you know, I I get it. He must be he gets a lot of it from the media and the public, you know, the way we see it. But, you know, uh, who doesn't? I mean, look at um. Mike Perry with the girlfriend in the corner, it's like, look, if you start doing some stuff that is not working and we see the effects of it not playing out well, it's a part of the story. And so I think with Fabia, just um, uh, I can't really say anything more except that I, from the outside looking in, I have yet to see how this has been a positive thing for Diego. I feel like he is speaking for an adult. He is speaking for a veteran of the game. Who can make his own decisions um i know diego's been in a lot of wars right that's why we love him he's always been exciting he's always brought it from day one um if he is feeling compromised or is if he is in that kind of position i would hope that there are enough people around diego to you know what he just needs the right people around him and for the record i don't think that's joshua fabia and that's that's really all i could say Uh, It's unfortunate because the May 8th card now has really lost a lot of steam. Remember, this was essentially going to be the retirement fight, right? Diego Mm -hmm. and Cowboy against each other. I felt like that was a fantastic matchup for the two of them to kind of both ride off into the sunset, both Albuquerque, New Mexico guys. Um, Obviously, we'll talk about the loss of Sanhagen and uh, TJ Dillashaw in a minute. But yeah, just I read through all that Friday and I'm like, that is such an unceremonious way for the original ultimate fighter who went through all this to be the last of the mohicans i mean kenny florian's been retired how many years right (laughs) i mean and he was in the other final and diego's still up in here just you know still trucking along it was just very unfortunate to see it end that way so um i wish diego the best and um if there's a chance to you know what? I think he deserves to get out in front of the fans one last time. If not as a fighter, then to be acknowledged for the amazing run he's had. I think if it ends that way, it would be so unfortunate that he never gets to go out there, you know, into the octagon in front of people again. I think that would just be a, a travesty.
1: Yeah, it's a huge bummer for him. He is not going to get to feel that energy, that love. And for the fans who can't give it to him and all because, you know, I don't know when or how he got involved with this with this man, but I think it's pretty clear all signs point to a uh, to Fabia. And 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 that's the, you know, taking Diego down this path where he can't be celebrated at the end. And he should be. He should have been. Is he going to try to go to another promotion? I don't know. I mean, it, it it seemed pretty obvious what their end game was with asking for the medical record. So if that's the case, if they really feel like there's you know injury there that they want to be able to have taken care of by the ufc like it's probably going to be harder to get um a deal with another promotion maybe he doesn't even want to fight again i don't know man it's all speculation but but ultimately it sucks that he doesn't get to be celebrated the way he should have been
0: yeah just i agree with you there i think i think we've hit all the main points on yeah. that for sure Um, You know, the hits just kind of kept coming throughout the week. So earlier in the week, we find out TJ Dillashaw took, I believe they said it was a knee or a headbutt, but essentially got a, you know, pretty healthy cut under his eye. And so the fight with uh, Corey Sanhagen is postponed. Um, I think that was a good move by Corey. If they had found another Bantamweight, I really, I feel like we would have just revisited the conversation with TJ later on because of the way Bannon the Bantamweight we know Aljamain Sterling's uh, you know he hurt his um, hurt his neck so he's not going to be back for a while I feel like Peter Jan is going to wait for him I don't see you know we talked about it and it's too early for him to be like yeah I'll fight Corey while I'm waiting for Aljo so that sucks because that was easily one of the most anticipated fights of the week and you know mind you there's Canelo Alvarez fighting and We'll talk about what happened in Bellator, obviously, but um, yeah, just what was your reaction to the news? And um, they haven't booked it, but I have a feeling they're going to go with it. Michelle Watterson versus Marina Rodriguez as next Saturday's new main event.
1: Yeah, disappointed, of course, because Sanhagen's, you know, so exciting to watch, and this is a great test for him, and, you know, the return of TJ Dillashaw, the... The golden boy that's been you know that took himself off his own throne and what does he look like how's he going to be received by fans so you know we'll just have to wait a little bit longer for that but it is disappointing to have this card just fall apart
0: yeah i mean when you lose the diego fight um and they still got some good stuff um you know you got amanda hibas angela hill still on the card and everything but um Yeah, it was pretty tough. Uh, I think that um, the win got taken out of the sails. I think that a lot of people were like, hey, this is a great lead in between pay-per-views. I'd argue, I mean, Sanhagen versus Dillashaw, that could have really bolstered an upcoming pay-per-view, but we were going to get it on free TV. So, yeah, it's just tough timing in that way. Uh, let's talk about it, though. We are still getting that fight. Like I said, not official, but I'm gonna roll with it. That it is gonna be our main event: Michelle Watterson versus Marina Rodriguez, strawweights, rank strawweights. You know, colliding.
1: Yeah, this is. You know, it's a it's a fine fight. It's obviously not normally a main event fight, but it's a it's a good fight. Michelle Watterson looked really good in her last her last bout. Marina Rodriguez she's uh she's tough she's a little scary to me and um i'm curious to see how this shakes out because i think it could it could have some help help clear up the picture for for the division right um let me go look at the rankings real fast here because i can never remember so yeah i mean Waterson. Currently ranked ninth, Marina currently ranked sixth. You know, if there's a good performance between the two of them, or at least one-sided, that'll help give us another fight for somebody like um, maybe if Joanna decides to come back uh, sooner rather than later, that could be a good matchup for the winner of this uh, this bout. So it'll be interesting. Michelle Waterson, I was so impressed with her last fight. She so, showed so much grit, fire. She was like digging deep till the very end. So I think she's going to need that against someone like Marina Rodriguez, Muay Thai, you know, just really a crisp striker. And so Michelle Waterson does that too, but she has in some fights shown, you know, a tendency to slow down, to get sort of locked in her mind, locked in the game plan. and, And she lacks a little bit of creativity sometimes. She doesn't necessarily need all that creativity as much as she needs what she's displayed in the last fight, which is firepower and grit and, like, energy. If she can keep her energy up. Like, she has the cardio to do it, but mentally she's got to keep her energy up. If she can do that, it'll be a, a good competitive fight. So I'm excited. How, how do you how do you see this one?
0: I think that the power of Marina is such a big threat. I think that um, the fight with Hibas really re- reminded people that, hey, this is a girl who's been pretty consistent throughout her career. And anytime you got that kind of one-shot power, that makes you very dangerous against someone like Michelle Watterson, who, that's, you know, truth be told, that's always been her Achilles heel, you know, against these more powerful women. Her, diverse, you know, very versatile attack just doesn't have that extra pop it needs to get over the hump. Um, that being said, I like that... Uh, you know, Watterson, she's a well-rounded mixed martial artist. I think if she can push the takedowns a bit, I think that this becomes a very, um, a much more even fight. I also think that, uh, she's going to respect the stand-up of Marina more after seeing the he fight, so... Also, on short notice, I don't know how much these girls were training, but, you know what, they've stepped up before, Uh, at least Michelle Watterson has, so... I think this could be fine. But uh, for my money, it's tough. Uh, Just Marina Rodriguez, uh, she's been very consistent. But, man, you know, I I think that the experience of Michelle Watterson might just get the job done. I think if she's able to push the takedowns, uh, she'll be able to avoid the, you know, incoming fire from Marina. And so I'm going to go Michelle Watterson. Uh, Unanimous decision for the win.
1: Yeah, man, I'm with you. I, I like I like that that uh, outcome as well. I expect to see that uh, Michelle Waterson and your point about the takedowns is correct. So even though she's the karate hottie and, and that was how she her entree to to you know MMA is, is karate is striking. She has a good a good ground game. She has a good takedown, and she can keep you down, and she can get heavy on you. So so that is going to be an asset she's going to have to utilize. And so I'm with you. you have karate haughty by decision
0: yeah i mean like i said it's it just took a lot of the wind out of the sails i think for saturday because obviously you know that was that was just such a good fight i think that's a big thing i keep coming back to and yeah it's just very like i like i get it we we previewed it a bit last week we talked about everything coming up it's just a little tough Ah, and the hits kept coming. They can't, like,
1: stuff the cut with, uh, I don't know, Something, Kedlar. right?
0: Just glue it, <laughs> glue it, throw oh, them out maybe there. Some,
1: uh, maybe some EPO. Oh. Put a little EPO in there.
0: Oh, you're evil.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, moving on.
0: Um, Yo Romero out of the fight with Anthony Johnson. I didn't realize how much I wanted to see that fight until it got taken away. I know <laughs> that's that's my reaction. I was like, ah, that was gonna be good. And um, you know, uh, uh, what can you say? Uh, Anthony Johnson now fighting uh, Jose Augusto, uh, fighting from you know same team as the Pitbull Brothers, seven and two. But uh, the real story is like, look, he's stepping in on short notice to take on Rumble. Was a handful on the best of days and, you know, I think this is going to be a big test, like just the ring rust of Rumble and just the level that Augusto is at. So, you know, we will see Rumble Johnson still. They said that the fight is now postponed with Romero. And I'm like, so are you just going to have another fight in the tournament just because or what? But I don't know. I'm sure they'll make that decision much later. Um, We do still get the Bantamweight title fight. Juan Archuleta against Sergio Pettis. Uh, These guys, uh, Juan, obviously, great resume behind him in three weight classes through King of the Cage and in Bellator. Sergio Pettis uh, doing good things um, since he's joined the promotion and uh, just kind of stayed up at 135. What are your thoughts on the fight?
1: This is a good fight. I'm happy for Sergio Pettis to be getting a title shot. Happier for Juan Archuleta to be in a position to defend his belt. You know that was a long time coming. He worked so hard, as you say, three weight classes. He's so skilled, so talented, well-rounded. You know, and he's a snazzy dresser to boot. And he, you know, works his butt off to prepare for fights. He has great cardio, great ring intelligence. So I'm figuring he's going to do what it takes to win. But it'll be a good, it'll be a good scrap. I just think Archuleta is just, just he's like the young veteran you know like he's been around but he's not you know he's not over the hill so he's still at his peak in his prime but he's also had a lot of fights under his belt so he's going to be able to use that experience I think to just to just have an answer for everything Sergio Pettis throws at him so I don't think there's going to be a knockout or anything I think this is going to go uh another another uh, decision for uh for for me tonight um I think Juan Archuleta keeps the belt with the decision victory over Sergio Pettis
0: you know, for me, I think it's the physicality of Sergio. Uh, that's such a, you know, big factor, because if there's one thing about Juan Archuleta at 135, is that I don't think that he can deal with a lot of the physicality. He He's still one of the more well-rounded uh, and dangerous uh, fighters in terms of his skills. But Sergio Pettis, I think that his frame is just better suited for 135. And I think that unless Juan can take him down and keep him there i don't know if he can get through 25 minutes striking with pettis and i think that's going to be a real major factor i personally think that juan does his best at 145 um i think that at 155 you know the guys are a little bit bigger but 145 he kind of has his sweet spot right there he's a little faster and very well hydrated he's he's just almost too lean at one thirty five, and I think that his skill set has really bailed him out in a lot of those fights. I think that Sergio just has a lot of those qualities. I think that he doesn't get credit for how good he is himself. I think that if he can defend the takedowns, I think that this could really go his way pretty easily. And so you know what? I'm sorry, but we're gonna have to split it. I think Sergio Pettis uh Second, you know what? Uh, third round TKO.
1: Wow. Okay, let's see. I think round just three, uh, the size TKO. helps him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Checking your notes.
1: Writing it down.
0: <laughs> just in case.
1: Round three TKO. <laughs> okay. Um,
0: but i got to say, this might be one of our fastest shows ever. And I think it was for all the wrong reasons after all this... <laughs>
1: Well, I have one thing to say about the Rumble uh, Romero thing, (laughs) or to add, I guess, or to ask: Do you okay? Do you know if they're? I know they haven't so far, but is Bellator still going to be without a crowd?
0: I believe so. Yeah.
1: Okay, I'm just curious, right? Because you mentioned the ring rust for for Rumble Johnson, and so there's that to contend with. But then also the fact that has he ever fought in front of a, a you know without a crowd, or if so, how long has it been? Maybe in the early days. And so I'm curious if there's going to be any, you know, fallout from that. Is he going to prefer it for his debut after however many years, to come back and not have to deal with that extra energy of the crowd, or is he going to feel like something's missing and this is weird? I don't know. So I'd like to see that now. Um, a short notice opponent. You know, some people would say that's great. Um, I'm. It's going to be easier for me. Some people would react otherwise. So. If you're preparing for Joel Romero, you're probably preparing for a really tough fight. So I think he'll be ready to go, even though I don't really know this uh, Jose Augusto fighter. But um, I think Rumble's going to be ready to go. Mostly we're excited to see how he performs, right? You want to see them fight each other, Romero and Johnson, so we'll have to wait for that. But I think the the more more exciting aspect of this was how the heck is Anthony Johnson going to look and fight? So we still get to see that.
0: No, for sure. Um, I think the one that obviously gets screwed is Yael Romero, who, you know, you're kind of waiting for now these other guys to lose, like, you know, Nemkov, Johnson, and what happens next? Because obviously the big names, uh, they're still in the running with Ryan Bader, Corey Anderson, you know, the guys I just mentioned. So yeah. that's going to be quite a tough one. But... um. Yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see how it plays out. I agree Mm -hmm. with you. We still get to see Rumble back, and I'm sure that'll be the main takeaway from the weekend unless we get some crazy again. So I'm very interested to see it. And can you believe it? Next week, the lightweight title on the line, Michael Chandler taking on Charles Oliveira, Nate Diaz taking on Leon Edwards. What are you most looking forward to?
1: Ah, it's a tricky one because I'm very excited to see how Chandler performs against someone like Charles Oliveira, who's been so amazing. Now, Dan Hooker is, is a tough out for sure, but Michael Chandler pretty much handled it faster than anyone could have predicted. Now we're talking about someone else, someone who's, who's watched your fight, scrutinized it probably, is not going to let that happen, what happened to Dan Hooker, and also extremely skilled in all, assets, all aspects. But Nate Diaz, and, like, that's also amazing. Leon Edwards, we haven't really seen him fight because of what happened with Bilal Mohammed. So, so many exciting things here to to consider. It's all around a, a win-win, I think, for the fans.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great uh, doubleheader uh, at the top of that one. Um, when you break down everything Oliveira could do and the attributes Michael Chandler brings, I think that fight's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Leon, I mean... Uh, I'll be honest, after seeing how he looked against Bilal, I really feel like this is going to be a tough mountain for Nate Diaz. I think that uh, we're excited to see Nate, the personality. I don't know how Nate the fighter does with a guy as versatile as Leon, so I don't know. I think that one's going to be interesting to watch. Obviously, if we're shocked, that means something really cool happened on television, (laughs) so we'll definitely get into that. But um, yeah, we'll get all into the meat of that next week natalie it's been a lot of fun um and guys thanks for listening till then have a good one